0: This is What About Power Over Ethernet, an EtherWAN podcast and your leading source for insights about industrial-grade Ethernet communication. You'll hear from industry experts, dive into cutting-edge innovations, and learn how, when connectivity is critical, EtherWAN delivers. Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of What About Power Over Ethernet, an EtherWAN podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. And folks, thanks so much for joining us on another episode of the podcast. We appreciate you listening along. As you're listening to today's conversation, make sure that you're going to our website, EtherWAN.com. Again, EtherWAN.com. And subscribing to What About Power Over Ethernet on both Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Hit that subscribe button and you'll have a full catalog of previous episodes as well as notifications when we drop new ones. So on this episode of the show, we're exploring a flexible and necessary piece of equipment for today's varied network infrastructure needs, and that would be media converters. For commercial indoor spaces, to networks covering large areas, to network needs in harsh and rugged environments, media converters are becoming a cost-effective solution to transmit ever-growing numbers of data types and needs. So with our conversation today, we're breaking down the state of network infrastructures today how they're creating needs for media converters, and how this solution is being integrated across use cases and industries. For insights, we're joined by Dylan Hahn, product specialist, and Jay Mercado, regional sales engineer, both with EtherWAN. Dylan, Jay, great to have you both on. How are y'all doing?
1: I'm doing great. How about yourself?
0: Doing wonderful. Thanks. Jay, great to have you on as well.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Yeah, pleasure getting to chat with both of you. Really looking forward to breaking this down. There's a lot of technical aspects to this conversation, which we'll definitely get into, uh, but there's a lot of high level points of discussion as well, just to better understand the landscape that we're getting into and why we even want to have a conversation about media converters and their effectiveness today. So let's start a big picture and really paint the landscape of where we're at, and then we'll get into the specifics. So again, let's start by getting an overview of how network needs have changed as of late. Uh, You know, feel free to set an arbitrary, um, you know, timeline there for you to answer the question, but how have data networks improved or expanded or changed over the last several years, especially in enterprise environments?
1: I'd say that the way networks have improved and expanded um, it would be best be described in terms of speed and functionality. So in terms of speed, I'm referring to the data transmission rate. So I uh, remember when 10 Mbps used to be super fast, and then after that, 100 Mbps, and eventually, more and more commonly, 1 gig, and moving forward, probably 10 gig.
2: I agree with Dylan's statement also. I also think that a lot of things that has happened in from the past to now is it's not just improved, but evolved. The needs of what was needed back then have definitely become more stringent and more required to the environments that are created today.
0: Now, what about the expansion of IoT-enabled devices, which have become a mainstay in everything from corporate office spaces to industrial floors? Has that impacted these data networks at all? Yes or no? Why or why not?
1: Yeah, definitely. So IoT devices, um, so network cameras, um, your IP cameras. Uh, as time progresses, the quality of camera increases. So, you know, your phone, the camera is pretty nice, I would assume, and a lot better than what it used to be 10 years ago. So I'd say we're seeing a similar phenomenon with uh, network or IP cameras. They're being made with higher video res. However, that itself can be an issue because with higher quality video feed comes a higher demand for larger and faster bandwidth. And you can kind of replicate this phenomenon of higher demand for larger or faster bandwidth across all network devices. So as these IoT devices capabilities improve, so will the need for its speeds.
2: Additionally, when we look at IoT, uh, camera was the starter. It was kind of something that evolved into, hey, let's look at this feed. To more analytics, which not only drives the amount of devices in the network, but also div- drives the amount of bandwidth needed. In addition to that, you have a lot more organizations and manufacturers trying to upgrade their systems from you know fire alarms to support IP, their voice over IP, their uh, different functions that we didn't think before. Uh, light IP connected devices is becoming a big demand, so. That expansion alone changes the way the networks react and behave, especially with the devices they have in them.
0: Now, obviously, what has also changed is the kind of data, the types of data that uh, have been proliferated across these networks. So what are those types of data that have become standard over today's networks and uh, why have they become standardized? I would say
1: two of the most common data transmission types would be, you know, your standard RJ45 or even Fiber. However, just because they're common doesn't necessarily mean that the older legacy or different types of connectors or the not as common uh, connect types uh, don't or will cease to exist. They still exist out there. And uh, of course, there's a need to integrate those some of those devices and connector types to the to work with these common connector types.
2: In addition to that, um, when we look at legacy equipment and we look at infrastructure, where we're using copper and fiber, copper, what we're familiar to in this day and age is an RJ45 cable, but there are still RJ11s and there's still coax cables that can still be leveraged using media converters. So not only do you have what we have today, but there are solutions that can allow you to utilize existing infrastructure to bring yourself to where it needs to be to support those IoT-enabled devices.
0: And I'm always interested in how these changes and technologies and processes end up affecting the teams that actually work with these changes. So how has this wide variety of uh, data types impacted the IT and IP teams that work with them day-to-day? How have they attempted to manage this uh, flow of various data types?
1: So in a dynamic environment such as networks, Which I would imagine would have a bunch of different types of devices with a bunch of different types of connector types. I'd say it would be pretty hard to find a specific switch that carries all the connector types that you'll need. So if you have, if if you need five or four different connector types, uh, more often than not, will you not see a switch that has all of them? Professional-level switches are indeed on the higher side cost-wise. I mean, I've seen the implementation of using a switch to connect many different data types plenty of times while working in the domain of networking IT and products. Uh, so it's not something foreign to many of the viewers out here. However, that is a as a result of you know addressing the problem of having a lot of different connected types out there. So they make these products for, to address those specific needs.
2: I'd like to also add, when we look at these types of devices, you know, the other day I was looking at, you know, when we shop around and go on Amazon and we're looking for different things. In the past, we would go to a local retailer and look at the product and you see a lot of manufacturers invest in their marketing and what their product has to do. Um, sometimes you can find a very low cost solution on Amazon. Um, and the problem with some of that, those approach is, is that you don't really get what you need for the solution that you're looking for. So you run into having to find something low cost where it's not going to meet the demands of your application. Additionally, what we've, what I've seen and how it impacts IT and IP teams is that, you know, you have two different types of schools of thought. You have, you know, some teams where they spend time, hours and money on getting certified for certain networking protocols. And then you have. The evolution that there are the DIYs and there's these different types of mindset where I don't need a certification because the product is easy to deploy. So you'll see a convergence with, you know, having to find, OK, you have the latest and greatest professional great product and you have something that's really easy. And then you always have kind of convergence of who, what do we use and where do we use it? So I feel like understanding the application is a very key thing. Understanding, to Dylan's point, the types of connectors that you're going to be using and when is the right appropriate time to use a professional grade switch or a commercial switch or something like that. Because you don't want to be left with something that is going to cost you in services versus you could have spent it earlier on in the investment of the product.
0: If we look at how this ends up manifesting into technical solutions, For these IT and IP teams, a lot of times the teams can turn to a professional-grade switch as the solution for managing this influx of data across their network. But even small switches can run up a huge CapEx bill, and if they aren't used to their full extent, in some ways can be overkill. So... Can you break down for our listening audience how you've seen professional-grade switches used to manage uh, this kind of data and um, the transmission of data across these networks? And then break down where you see them as useful for these network needs, but then also where they miss the mark and why.
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, switches do have multiple different types of data transmission mediums on it uh, for that sole purpose of addressing the problem of many different types of data transmissions um, existing. Um, However, more often do not do people actually use all those ports. um, So for example, let's say someone needs to convert um, RG45 connector to fiber, or right, let's say you have a RJ45 port and you need to uh, plug into a fiber port. Of course you can't do that. Um, so you can also, you can always get the switch to address that problem. So you buy a switch that has both, um, RJ45 and fiber. And then now you have that, uh, that connection established. However, there's extra ports of RG forty five and fiber that you probably won't end up using. And uh, as we mentioned earlier, that the professional grade switches they do cost a lot of money. And so, if you're not using all those ports, you know it's kind of it's kind of money wasted.
2: You know, when you're talking about overkill, and you have an application where you know you have a lot of ports, uh, twenty ports, but your application doesn't really need that twenty ports. The question is: one, why do you need twenty ports? Or two? If there's Typically, you're going to have all these devices go to one switch, and then they have this fiber line that's going to go out and bring all that data back. Does the number of ports equate to how much capacity that that port can provide? We've seen in many cases where someone just wants the latest and the greatest, but is it really needed? Does your camera need that much information or does a a light need that information? Those things are always often, a lot of what I see oftentimes is I want to get the best and the greatest, but you end up spending a lot more money on something that is not realistic for the application. So I feel like that's one of the things that I see more often.
1: And sometimes not everyone, not every integrator or IT person has, you know, you know unlimited money to blow on buying the best. You know, they don't have the, the capital to spend thousands and thousands of dollars buying, you know, a super high tier switch for whenever they need to convert something. So I feel like that's where media converters or other devices would be more useful than than buying the actual professional, the expensive switch itself.
2: In addition to that, um, what I see all the time is, when, depending on the application that you work with, if you have something that's commercial or something that's a very large-scale project, what I often see is someone filling in a list of specifications that's intended for the project, but they're not going to be using all those features and functions. So what ends up happening is those features and functions, depending on which manufacturer you go to, that extra feature is a la carte. You're going to pay, you know, a thousand dollars for just that feature that you're never going to use because your application doesn't use, require it. To, to Dylan's point, a media converter in applications where you're just converting media, but then you want all these advanced features. You're just converting F, RJ45 to fiber. Why would you need something higher level or something that's going to cost you a few thousand dollars more? Um, a lot of people always go into the where I mentioned. They go into I want to have all the bells and whistles. But you're just converting something so simple. Why would you ever need that?
0: So now we can add in the potential alternative here, which would be the media converter, which in a lot of ways fills the same role as a professional grade switch, but can do so uh, in a more streamlined way. And often, like you all said, uh, doesn't turn into an investment into some Basically, data transmission overkill, which you may not need or may not use depending on what your actual use case is as an end user. So if we bring in the media converter as a potential alternative solution, can y'all break down more specifically where a media converter differs from a professional grade switch, both in terms of applications and its technical specifics and abilities?
1: I would say in a high level overview, the function is pretty much the same. Mm However, uh, I mean, as we mentioned that the media converter, it's a better bang for, for the buck as you're not paying for all the extra ports you have to pay for when you purchase a, another switch. However, in some cases, we can see that media converters can actually be faster than a just buying a switch. Uh, reasons being because uh, if you buy a switch, it waits for it waits for the entire packet to arrive before forwarding it over. Whereas when you have a media converter, um, it forwards the data as it receives it. If you need to address the problem with latency, media converters could be your solution to go.
2: When you really goes and in, go into the nuts and the bolts about what a media converter does versus a switch. At the end of the day, they switch packets. They kind of do the same exact thing. Um, and to Dylan's point, they do move forward, packets over. I often see uh, media converters intended for what it is. If I have a location, I need to convert to media because you know I need to get to this faraway location, how do I get back? Another thing about media converters is they're typically plug and play. Power it on, the connection's in and you're good to go. Um, there's really minimal to no configuration at all. Whereas you can have some switches, there are some unmanaged switches that do the same plug and play feature, but that begs the question, how many ports do you really need? If you don't need that many ports, you can just have a simple media converter that's one in, one out, and you just converted those types of connections. Now,
0: I'm sure that flexibility as a solution Ends up allowing for some pretty unique and maybe sometimes unexpected use cases, which I would love to dig into. Just to ground some of these insights you're having. So, what are some interesting or unconventional things that you can do with media converters when they are the backbone of a data transmission in your network?
1: I would say extension. You might be wondering what I mean by extension. Uh, so let's 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 take a conventional Ethernet extender. Um, let's say we have. A network on one end, and then you have a network on the other end. And as we know that the traditional distance for copper is 100 meters. What if these two networks are more than 100 meters apart? Let's say what if they're a thousand meters apart? You can use an Ethernet extender, which is a different type of device, and you can extend 100 meters all the way till you get to one from one side till the other. So 100 meters Ethernet extender, 100 meters Ethernet extender, all the way up from one side to another. Um, that's a viable solution. However, you're going to have to pay for each Ethernet extender. Whereas we can use Fiber. However, let's say that each, end, each uh, end of the network, so the network all the way on one side, and then that thousand meter gap, and the network um, on the right side or the other side, that distance, it can be addressed with fiber, right? Because fiber can extend far beyond that traditional 100 meter um, RJ45. But the only issue is each, let's say each network requires a RJ45 connection port from each side. So you can't, you obviously can't plug that fiber to each RJ45 connector on each end. So that's where media converters can be used as an extender, as a ethernet extender, right? Cause you can use that fiber wire to reach that fiber wire to reach that distance that extends far beyond that traditional RJ 100 meters, but then we have the issue of compatibility, right? Now we have the distance um, problem solved. We just need to make it com- uh, compatible to connect to these two networks, and that's where media converters can step in. You can put you can convert the media, you can convert the fiber on both ends to the compatible RJ 45s on each end, and so now you cover the distance of fiber and you have the com- the compatibility of RJ forty five.
2: I wanted to add too with. Media converters, um, when we think of converting copper to fiber, uh, we have applications where it's, it's a factory automation. There's a lot of machinery that's working in the background. And one of the things that copper, traditional ethernet is susceptible to is noise. So it may not have to be required to go further distances, but I can utilize a media converter to convert copper ethernet to fiber, which it would be less prone to electromagnetic interference. You get less data drops, you get a more stronger signal to get your data. Additionally, with media converters, oftentimes what we see is you have a surveillance application that needs power over ethernet, right? And typically people will get a switch that has power over ethernet. Well, there are some media converters that supports power over ethernet. So not only do you have... You know communication to where you need to be but you can provide power to a, a camera at that location uh, using just power within it. you don't need to have an additional device an injector or something because that power is going to come from that uh, media converter so we definitely see the evolution and the requirements of media converters because one like to dylan's point you don't have to have a lot of extenders lower cost. two you have poe that can that some media converters support and provide power to your cameras, and you have a lower, you have a, you reduce or you'd have zero interference from any big machinery in the area. Also,
1: another way you can use it unconventionally is that you can convert not only just the different fiber connection types, so like SC, LC, ST, and interchangeably, but you can also convert different or dissimilar operation types. So that means you can convert from multi-mode to single mode and vice versa.
0: Go ahead and expand on that single mode versus multi-mode compatibility and why that matters for today's networking needs.
1: Right, because there's types of fiber that exist out there. However, for multi-mode and single mode, the way that the light travels from inside these types of fiber, they vary. So multi-mode, the core of the fiber is larger than the wavelength of the light that we send through the fiber. So as it sticks through the fiber line, it becomes to disperse and you'll end up with multiple modes of signals that arrive at the other end. And whereas you have a single mode, the core, the little area inside the cable is a lot thinner and the laser beam is more unary, meaning that there isn't many different uh, lights that bounce around inside the wide core as, as the area in which the light can pass through and the single mode is a lot more narrower. So you can Change these different types of lights uh, to one another in a way where they'll both work and be able to communicate on both ends.
2: Yeah, so I think uh, Dylan hit the point. I think also with media converters, you know, we manufacture several media converters. You have different light options. Uh, with fiber, as compared to a copper cable where, where you can kind of see that it supports 10 megabits per second, 100 megabits per second to a gigabit, copper uh, fiber has one different modes, they have different connectors, they have different distances. So you kind of get the flexibility depending on your application. Um, What I typically suggest customers when they look into media converters is they have a media converter that supports something called an SFP, which is the module for the fiber. The benefit of having that is you can always swap that module to whatever your application needs without having to replace the product. So not only do you get you know, what you have, but your return on investment can go a lot further because if you need to move it or change it, you're not having to replace that product. You're just replacing that module.
0: All right. Perfect. I feel like we've got a good understanding here of how the Media Converter works as a solution. But now I want to dig a little deeper into its applications in various industries and various use cases. So again, let's get an overview of the dynamic ways that media converters are used across these various industries and different levels of wear and tear. Uh, So let's start with a general overview and then we'll get into specifics. Can you give us a general idea of where we're seeing media converters deployed uh, for data networks and why? Media converters
1: are pretty dynamic and versatile. They can be used both indoors and outdoors. So you have a spectrum between the most rugged outdoor environment and on the other end of the spectrum, we have a very calm, peaceful air-conditioned room. And they intentionally make these different types of media converters suitable for such a wide spectrum environments, which is why I say they're pretty versatile. Uh, But the fact that media converters are made in such a wide spectrum tells us a lot about just how much they're needed in everywhere. So in terms of deployment and why, I would say deployment is pretty much anywhere because the demand is high. And it's the reason is the demand is high uh, because the utility it offers, plus it's low cost, it's, it's very attractive to a lot of integrators and implementers.
2: For the most part, when I see the requests for media converters, it's really all across the spectrum. You have it from oil and gas, factory automation, transportation, you have hotels, you have homes, uh, they're kind of anywhere hospitals because when we think about media and what it converts in general, it's media and it could be the cable, could be the fiber. And oftentimes there are things that are already in place that needs to get kind of upgraded or there are situations where uh, this often happens. is It's a last minute thing and they need to close their project, but they're missing that one port or they need to connect these two locations, but they didn't think about it it's one of those turnkey things that you can easily get and solve your solution without having to really think about too hard.
0: All right, let's get some more detail on each of those types of integrations and why media converters are useful in said examples. So can you go ahead and give us some use case examples of a converter in action in each of these different kinds of installations? We'll start with just your everyday standard indoor IP or IT converter. And this can be in a variety of different industries, everything from transportation to healthcare to education to commercial, the uses are pretty varied and pretty limitless. So in your everyday standard indoor situation, how are you seeing converters used? What are some typical use cases? And uh, to what effect are they impacting broader networks there?
1: I'd say for your everyday standard indoor setting, as we mentioned, there's still a lot of devices that aren't The, you know, the standard RG45 and copper that we use for media converters. Um, you'll see a lot of them used in buildings where, let's say we have a device using RJ11. Um, we can just convert that into a more compatible RG. So we'll bring in a new switch that has RG45 ports and we have a device that has RJ11. So this can either be a network phone or a coaxial cable, we can convert that into a way where we can plug all those devices into that specific switch that we want. And that only accepts a specific type. And in in our example case would be the RJ45.
2: When we look at RJ11, traditional phone line, for those of you who don't know what an RJ11 is, but RJ11 is also just pair of copper cables. When we think of what's outside in the streets and you have AT&T or what have you, and they have all those cables that go into your home when you have a dial tone. That's what that cable is. Uh, specific applications that are useful using the RJ11 is, for example, healthcare. Um, there are certain areas in hospitals where the walls are cemented. And it's very difficult to bore holes and put new fiber or things like that into that and to get into an operating room. So what do you do? Well, they already have existing copper cable that was used for a phone line back then that you can leverage and convert. To allow you to have, you know, the sophisticated camera in the operating room and be able to run that data over to the IT room to be able to monitor or anything like that. Additionally, there are homes I remember in my past work experience uh, where we were designing applications for a house that was built full of concrete um, and they had legacy coax cable. And we don't use coax cable today because coax was used for TVs back then, but coax was the old school CCTV camera cable. Well, that same cable we were able to utilize, flip it, and be able to put an IP connected camera on one end to deliver data communications on that existing line and bring it over to a switch. So that media conversion is, is very powerful in that sense. Don't have limitations because you can convert certain medians that you have to get you up to speed.
0: Perfect. Thanks for the context on the standard indoor use case. Now let's flip it and go to the opposite. Uh, We also need to see data transmission in areas that are uh, very rugged. That could be extremely hot conditions, extremely cold conditions, and for those use cases, there exists a hardened converter. So can you break down uh, how you see media converters used in these more rugged conditions and uh, to what effect?
1: Certainly, Daniel. So there's different tiers of products that um, that are offered in terms of uh, networking equipment. So you wouldn't necessarily bring a commercial Networking device in in a, in an extreme condition or an outside where it's too hot or too cold, right? Because the internal uh, components will fail. So in the in the case of hot weather outside, uh, you can overheat. In the scenario of cold weather, your device can you know have its electrical components damaged as you receive higher resistance. So that's why they make a hardened-grade product. Now, in the domain of media converters, they also do offer hardened media converters um, for that re- reason because, uh, as, as we mentioned earlier, that the demand is pretty much everywhere, whether this be indoors, outdoors, in the hottest or coldest environments, that everyone is going to, or everyone sees the utility of media converters and they want to use it. So we, that's why there's the media converters being offered. Uh, both indoors and outdoors. And so in terms of function-wise, it is the same as a commercial media, uh, media converter that can be used indoors. However, the media converters that are used outdoors are a lot more durable and less prone to damages or outside damages such as overheating or very hot weather or very cold weather. And even things like shock, EMC, vibration, the media converters that are hardened are built to resist against some of those factors.
2: Another thing that I would like to add is when we compare hardened converter versus a commercial, to do this point, these these products are designed to work in these rugged environments. One of the things that we always point out is an hardened product, when you look at a media converter, you'll notice that one, it's pretty bulky. It's, it's, it's made out of metal and it's mainly because it uses it to dissipate heat. Additionally, you'll notice that that product doesn't have any fans inside uh, because a fan is the most common product that's electromagnetically meant to fail, mechanically to fail. So we take the fans out. The purpose for this is one for those hot and cold weathers where it's not relying on another piece of mechanical part to continue functioning. So one of the things that I always point out to everyone is when we are looking at a hardened product, there's no fans because regardless of the heat, that product is going to dissipate the heat without relying on a fan. For hardened applications, when we look at these applications and we really get into the weeds of what these are, um, you know, uh, these products are probably going to be installed in an enclosed cabinet and there's a possibility that there's going to be an AC in there or, or not an AC or a fan in there. But you put this product in, it's meant to last long. We te- You tested it for negative 40 to like 75 degrees C or for those of you who don't know what that is, it's like 185 degrees Fahrenheit. It, it burns the product so that it can last it f- for a while uh these products are installed in arizona in canada all over the world where there's humidity there's salt so that's what a hardened product is meant to do it's not when you pay for a hardened product it's not meant to be returned after a year or something that it's it's meant to live past its life than it was expected to
0: all right the last thing that i want to cover here with y'all uh or at least the last um, main kind of use case is somewhere in the middle from what we just talked about so that would be something that is a little more mixed use so you see a control room perhaps inside with various pieces of equipment that are connected to the same network outside or just another example of an indoor and outdoor solution that all has to speak to itself Uh, so in that situation how do you see media converters used? Uh, how are they used best? What sort of solutions do they provide? and uh, you know, to what effect are they being used? This is
1: where the versatility feature and the versatile component or characteristic of media converters come in. So let's say that we have a we need to implement a network that's both indoors and outdoors. So we have this nice AC cooled room. And we have this extremely, I'd say, tough outdoor environment, whether this can be cold, super cold or super hot, we have a network that is both in both these locations. So let's say we need to convert a cable between the two interchangeably. So let's say we have a Ethernet port outside an RGA45 port outside, and we have an uh, RGA45 port indoors. Let's say we need distance to cover both these areas. So as I mentioned earlier, we can use that fiber link that connects the two. But now we can't use the same type of media uh, converters on on both ends, even though the utility is practically the same, right? We want to convert that fiber to RGA45. However, we're not going to use the same type of media converter. We're going to use a media converter on each end that's suited for where it's currently at. So on the indoor AC control room, we're gonna use a commercial media converter, you know, because you don't really need all that environmental protection, that wide temperature range. And on the other end where it's outside, we can use a hardened media converter to uh, convert that fiber link to the compatible RG45 on the other side that's outside. So that way we use both types of media converters of different um, uh, different grade. So one's hardened, one's not, one's not um, hardened. And both they're providing the same function, except, the only difference is what grade and where it's being implemented.
2: Yeah, that's also that's a very good example, Dylan. Another example that I have is typically in, in more of a governmental space where you have a city who has, you know, several uh, surveillance systems outside the building or at a park or something like that. And maybe that that one park has only one camera. Well, what they can do is they can have indoor rated media converters in their central location and then their fibers or what have you, whatever media they want to go out will go out to those unique locations that are outside or on the top of the roof or something that's prone to getting hit hard. They would install the hardened converter. I see this all the time. Um, and I always advise everyone media converter is a media converter. Uh, it's going to do the same thing, whether you get hardened or, or indoor. So there's no point in getting a hardened media converter for an indoor application. If you're not going to need, you just, You're just paying the cost delta for no reason. So that's definitely one application that I see more often with media converters.
0: Jay, Dylan, thanks for your insights so far. This has been really useful. Uh, We're going to go ahead and start to wrap up. I want to start wrapping up by bringing EtherWAN more directly into the conversation. So I know that EtherWAN supplies various types of media converters. Can you give us a little more context as to how EtherWAN fits into the bigger picture of data transmission needs and where you work to meet these varying and evolving needs?
1: Well, EtherWent is a networking solutions provider so not only do you get the tips on how to implement devices such as these media converters but you also get long-term support and guidance for media converters and all the other networking device so since we build the technologies and products we usually have the newest and latest solutions as you know we provide custom solutions to those in need so the problems that exist in networking they continue to exist because there aren't solutions yet to resolve some of those problems. And I think that's where EtherWine best comes in. So in the context of fulfilling data transmission needs, EtherWine can create products and solutions to resolve it. And one of those resolutions could be a custom type of media converter that needs to convert whatever that needs to be converted. So if a client needs a specific type of media converter and a specific size, uh, EtherWine can fulfill that demand as a networking solutions provider.
2: A lot of what we talked about today is media converters, switches. of you know, that sort. What I would say the context that Ethosent fits here is there were a few unique solutions that we also brought up. One was the RJ45, uh, RJ11 approach. The other one was coax. Uh, I seldom see a lot of manufacturers have the, that capability to support those two mediums. It's typically a, a fiber or RJ45. In addition to that, there is a unique application that you can see that we currently have is. Um, there's a media converter that we have where it's a two RJ45 and two fiber. This makes it very unique because I have an application where I can have the media converters as a chain from one another. So rather than me going out and putting a cable from one central location to individual locations, there are applications that I'm starting to see with this specific media converter will have one location, the central location go to one light pole, for example, and that light pole will have a camera. From that light pole, they'll run another cable to another light pole and that media converter. So they'll start chaining on each other as they come back. That allows The solution to one, reduce your cost to trench the ground and put fiber everywhere and go to individual light poles. But two, you also have the solution to power those cameras with PoE. So I'm starting to see more of this particular product or these particular media converter requests where they're saying, well, Jade, you have an additional port, just one more port. I don't need a full blown switch Just one more port to provide a camera, or can I chain these locations together? And that's what we've used media converters for.
0: All right. We're just about done. Last main question for both of y'all, and this is just to uh, give our listeners something that they can start doing now. But for teams that are installing media converters at scale... What are some tips or pieces of advice for strategically deploying these solutions and getting the most out of your equipment? You know, better understanding what your needs are and how a converter can really help uh, solve those data transmission needs. The
1: tips or advice I'd say would be to simply use them if budget is a factor or if time's a constraint. Uh, Media converters are super easy and they take seconds to install. And if you have devices that won't fit or connect to your standard RJ45, so let's say you have your legacy RJ11 devices or fiber that you need to connect, just use, uh, just use a media converter to convert the data transmission types into something that's compatible to your network. It's super easy, it saves a lot of time, a lot of stress, and I can see why it's used across many industries. And so I strongly recommend you can use it too, if, you know, if you don't want to pay extra for ports that you might not end up using, even if size is a constraint as well. If you have a very small area and a switch, a full switch size wouldn't necessarily fit, you know, media converters are relatively small. So just a lot of these little utilities that media converters offer is definitely helpful. And because it offers just so many benefits, I would definitely recommend it to everyone who needs a lot of the utilities that it can uh, provide solutions to.
2: This product's fairly straightforward. Um, One of the things, if you're going at scale, really understand what your product needs. There's no need to overcomplicate things by getting something more, Uh, especially when you're doing it at a scale. The last thing you really want to do is have to configure a switch when all you really need to do is convert a piece of media, you know, that's something to really consider. Um, especially in addition to having the large teams and deploying it, one, you know, understand if it's strategically, if if it strategically makes sense for you to go from one location to multiple location, or should you chain it out. Another piece of advice is knowing what type of fiber medium you're going to use. Do you need multimode? Do you need single mode? Um, and and this lastly is. The specifications on the media converter, do you need anything specific? Uh, you know, we mentioned a few things earlier with speeds, the types of fit fiber, those things are definitely a good consideration because what often happens is a lot of people say, well, I need a media converter. Okay, well, give us a piece of more of that information. Well, what do you need a media converter for? So that way, you know, one, you can get what you need and they're just as easy as we say, you just plug it in and play.
0: And with that, we're done with our conversation for today. Thank you for all those tips and tricks. Hopefully, they're useful to our listening audience and can provide some guidance on how to get started now. But again, we've been chatting with Dylan Hahn, product specialist with EtherWAN, and Jay Mercado, regional sales engineer with EtherWAN. Thank you both for sharing your insights on Why media converters are becoming a more necessary and useful piece of equipment and data transmission and the various kinds of industries and use cases that are getting the most out of them today. So, again, Dylan Jay, thanks for your time. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you. And before we completely sign off, if folks want to find out more about EtherWAN's uh, media converter solutions, where can they do so? How can they learn more and get in touch?
2: You can definitely reach our website. Uh, We have an area where you can hit where to buy if you're interested in buying. You can definitely reach out to us. We can give you our contact information. And I think there's an inquiry page directly on our website that we can link you to the right people.
1: Also, you can find a local distributor. And if you see the name EtherWan or if they supply EtherWan products, feel free to give them a call. Most likely, there will be media converters there. So check your local distributors.
0: Sounds great. Dylan, Jay, thanks again for your time, and we'll chat again soon. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of What About Power Over Ethernet, an EtherWAN podcast. If you like what you heard and want to listen to previous episodes, you can go to our website, etherwan.com, or subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.